This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Highway on my podcast with Rocky Mayur and Abhinandan. We're back. We're hungry. And we are back on Highway on my podcast with the two biggest men in Indian food and travel, Rocky oh! and Mayur. Is that a yawn or a cry? That's a thousand call, man. What the hell? <laughs> or, or a call for dinner. <laughs> That's a naga from a cognac tribe coming to collect your head. And joining us also is Prashant Sareen, producer of Extraordinaire, also co-producer and co-director of many shows with Rocky and Mayur. And my name is Abhinandan Sekri. And today we are taking you through the windy highways of Mizoram and Meghalaya. And in case you're saying why we club these two together, we are not saying that these two themselves don't have enough to fill an hour. We just didn't spend enough time in Mizoram civilian areas. We only spent time in a very, very specific military area. So that is why we have clubbed these two together. So gentlemen, what would you like to start with? The time when Rocky broke his leg? I want to fight the gorilla like a gorilla. Okay. <laughs> now you know why I was doing that. <laughs> So, in case you wonder which gorilla Rocky is talking about, it's not the silverback. This is the counter-insurgency and jungle warfare school. It's in Warangte in Mizoram. It is where they trail lethal commandos to take on gorillas who are hiding out, whether they're naxels or other outfits in the forest. And we spent, first we'll get to how we spent the time there. Mayur, please recall getting there. That aircraft which I didn't even want to climb. (laughs) I don't remember that, but I just want to say that we are very uh, confidently able to tell people that it's the counterinsurgency jungle warfare school and exactly where it is. Because they're so good at jungle warfare that even if you went there and you knew exactly what it was, you'd never be able to find it. <laughs> and they'd come and kill you. Yeah, and you wouldn't even know that they've killed you. So you'd even come back acting normal and then suddenly you realize that you're actually dead a while ago. Yes. That's how good they are. <laughs> you look dead. Yes, I've been to Mizoram. But Varagde in Mizoram is the CIJWS, the Counterinsurgency Jungle Warfare School, where they, teach you, where they teach you how to fight the gorilla like a gorilla. So they use gorilla tactics to beat gorilla tactics. And I walked in there, of course, and immediately I said, Tarzan Kriga Bundolo. And of course, they had no idea what I was talking about because I had mistaken the gorilla for the gorilla. So this is G-U-E-R-I-L-L-A, the gorilla. But hang on a minute. They teach soldiers how to avoid snake bites. And then civilians <laughs> like you land up there and I don't want to I don't want to talk about it. I'm going. But Nico, I don't remember this flight there. What happened? Tell us. That's what happened I don't was we, we got, got into a twin engine disaster. <laughs> yeah, basically, it was a very small plane that took us from, I think, to Aizwal or from Aizwal to some other airport. And then from there, this, you know, uh, military vehicle came to bus. pick us up. This bus. Uh, but that aircraft was like, you know, just, I think it was in 30, 40 seats. And I was like, are you sure we want to get in there? And well, we did get in there. And then finally, it was a long trip getting to the counter-insurgency jungle warfare school. But once we got there, man, it was one of the most exciting and interesting shoots that, at least for me. I know that that forest, yeah, it is incredibly thick and dense, that forest. You can't see anything at all. I mean, there are some vantage points where if you get to a height, you can look over the canopy of the forest, but then there's nothing you can see except the tops of trees. It is really dense forest. So we will tell you about eating crow, bat, snake, squirrel, and many such delicacies because that's how you survive in the forest. And then we will also get to the more civilian areas of Meghalaya, where we had the more khasi food, 
matter of taste cafe and jado stalls and that was a nice regular experience by the way i, I love this format that you operated niku it's like you know you you're going to tell jokes but first you say here are all the punchlines now i will continue to tell you the jokes these are not the these are not the punchlines <laughs> this is called a teaser what these are the, teasers these are teasers. showing the podcast equivalent of an ankle of yes <laughs> i'm yeah. sorry but your but the your slip is showing and i can see up to mid thigh because what you should mention is that we ate some incredible things that you wouldn't believe could be eaten we went to some interesting places that you didn't think existed we heard some sounds that we couldn't believe the music was from shillong and mizoram you don't have to give away everything yeah. we ate this 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 but we'll tell you more about it what the hell is that <laughs> that huh? is called a teaser and you lucky man to have seen my thigh it's like <laughs> christmas you know what present santa is going to bring you so we spent i think about 3 days if i'm not wrong and uh, we shall not tell you how rocky broke his ankle on this podcast that and for that ankle also you. yeah yes, his ankle also but that we'll tell you in the newsletter so to know Listen, rocky... i i should i should warn you guys beforehand this is a very secretive space please don't take any specific names or talk about specific actions otherwise you'll be in deep trouble all we can tell you is that bad things happen to good people that's it <laughs> <laughs> or as uh, or as someone says in that show when man like dog good man dog like yeah. man good man yeah <laughs> there you go so i'll just set the context and then boys please tell me because you participated in all that survival here they teach you how to survive because one part of of course tackling you know killers who are out to kill you in the wild is first before you encounter them how do you not die of hunger and thirst so they teach you how to collect water and eat many things now the nonveg part is easy because the many things you can catch in the forest to survive mayur is there any place for such gorillas veggie gorillas is there such a thing as a veggie gorilla what did you learn there yaar hona chahiye you think when you move to a forest especially one like like the way these dense forests are there should be herbs and uh, they did they had a row of different types of tubers and herbs and leaves and stuff that you can eat so what do you mean that there's nothing for vegetarians gorillas kya matlab bandar ko pakad ke thoda khate hain gorillas okay okay here's a scenario you've been dropped you've been dropped in the middle of a forest now hark back to what you learned there what are you eating what are you looking for now you have no food you just have your backpack with armed ammunition gun and a water bottle now what are you looking for yeah because and remember may you remember your training because in 3 days we learned what they teach in months we are now forest experts so <laughs> i know first... what you are doing you uh-huh. are fi- you are looking for the enemy camp because they'll have food good <laughs> 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 on yes the winner nikla uh-huh. and dead enemies don't eat lunch my friend <laughs> nikku tujhe kuch nahi pata abhi suddenly you're going to like nod when you laugh right now and you'll find that i've just visited and your head will roll off gently off your shoulders <laughs> and i'll be sitting at your dining table and having your dinner so that's how veggies survive so mayur says mary enemy kya se lunch karke aata hu minal rocky tu apna collect kar le so rocky what all did you learn how to eat well food is you know it's incredible now you remember when you're in forest like this you are typically on your feet you've been dropped behind enemy lines or around enemy camps and typically you'll be in that scenario for a number of days in about 48 hours you start losing complete coherence and function and energy etc if you don't get good nutritious food so you have to keep your body's energy reserves up and you can't carry an infinite amount because you're a single man in the middle of a forest you might be a group of people but each one of you is carrying ammunition on your back you're carrying your changes your equipment your 
uh, weapon, everything you need, you're carrying. So it's very, very important that you are able to live off the land, which is what how they call it. And living off the land means food and shelter and heat and a fire, etc. These are things that you can you need to make on your own when you land there. So you'll have something to start a fire with, but you'll need to find your food. So for, for non-vegetarians or meat eaters, it is a lot easier than you think because these forests are alive with everything. And the first thing that we did when we landed there was I walked into the forest, I looked around, I saw an interesting looking snake trying to run. I grabbed hold of it, put it in a jar and put it under a table to say, let this cool in the shade. I will catch it again on the shot and show it to you. <laughs> in your dreams. First thing when we landed, we said, is, Yar, survival baad mein karenge, apna mess after that flight and that tooth rattling bus journey in the bus where our teeth were about to fall out by the time we reached and we landed there looking like you know we'd been rescued from a, a island after six months and they said in 15 minutes there's reporting time where you'll get to eat a snack and then go into the forest for the shoot and you're like ah, ah, <laughs> <pandra> minute. <laughs> I remember that but Rocky I remember I didn't think he'd actually try the snake. I let him tell you how the snake bit him. And although it was a non-poisonous snake, and I said, can we carry on shooting? And Rocky said, I'm fine. You know, there was a bit of blood and stuff. They said, no, army protocol states that when you're bitten by a snake, you have to do certain things. That means you go to the hospital and you will spend the night there and you cannot come out because that is the protocol. So it doesn't matter whether it's poisonous or non-poisonous, even though it's non-poisonous. So Rocky, we sent him packed packed dinner as he lay in the hospital while Mayur and me were having drinks in the mess with the boys. <laughs> yes, so, um, that was very kind of you. But here's my story, my side of the story now. When we reached that place, the first shot was going to be about what you need to eat in the forest, how you live off the land. And they had a whole range of exotic foods that you could eat, which they'd caught in the forest. One was, of course, a, a bird. You know, one was a frog. One was insects, one was Bad something else. Squirrel, wasps, all yeah, that stuff. All these things. And then there was a snake. And, the, you know, the snake was a snake-eating snake. The best I could tell. So they had cooked it and put it to a side. But of course, while I was there, I saw a snake in the forest. So I went and grabbed it and I put it in a bottle. And I put the bottle in a really cool place, thinking that, you know, it'll get cool in the next one or two hours and then we can shoot with it. Now, before we were going to shoot with it, some guy must have seen it lying in the shade and put it in the sun. And then before we started shooting, somebody put it back. So when we picked up the bottle, the snake was fully charged. And then because there was a snake-eating snake that we were eating, actually it was all over my hands because I had eaten the snake for the shot and it was quite tasty. I'll tell you about how it tasted later. So in a combination of that, when we put the snake out and I tried to catch it, it, was, it panicked so badly that first it bit me and chewed on my hand. And then when I removed it from my hand, it bit itself and chewed on itself. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> He's like, the first bite tasty, the second one try it. Of course, then the trainers there, you know, identify the snake. They said there's a non-poisonous snake. It is found quite commonly here. So we said, okay, then we can continue. They said, no, protocol requires. He's okay for the next couple of hours. You finish the shoot, then he has to spend the night in the hospital. That was that. But I will tell you the, we have photographs. If you subscribe to the newsletter, you'll get the photographs of this amazing shoot. They make cups, ladles, plates with the bamboo, everything there. They make ways to collect water, how it drips, little pipes, all using everything there. And that's how they train people. And I think Mayur was asking them about the, the signs of Subha, Raat ko aise wo pipe lagata hai, subha tak pani bhar jata hai. 
they had made to the extent they had also made bang, uh, even beermugs out, out of the bamboo. Yeah. Well, listen, that's also because Mizoram is practically all bamboo. I mean, that's why it forms a very, very integral part of their cuisine. Also, they ferment it, they cook it raw, they they smoke it, and they mix with everything. And that is why Mizoram also has that really interesting phenomenon. Every 48, 50 years, the two species of bamboo they have there that flowers, and you get those seeds which are called bamboo rice. And at the same time, because of that, you get all the rats. The rats right, get right. a huge uh, burst in the population of rats because they're eating that. And then they finish eating all the bamboos. And of course, they're not full. Then they go out and they lay waste to the crops. So in the 1950s, they actually had a famine after this happened. And then 45, 48, 49 years later, 2003, they, they had a handle on it. So like bamboo is in everything. Yes. And that is why the Indian army contributes in all good ways. And it says that if you're trapped in the forest, eating things like rats will keep you alive, give you a lot of energy. Also, eating things like, you know, crows and ants and, and insects. So that is what we ate. But, you know, the snake tastes strange to eat. It is a combination of sort of chicken and fish. And the, the texture of it is a little harder than that of fish and a little chewier and more fibrous than chicken. So it was quite an interesting meat to have. Of course, the crow was terrible. Crows are not meant for eating. But I guess if you're going to die, you're going to eat whatever you can find, which includes my vegetarian friend. You know, I've seen him eat in a state of death. He would be eating crow. More ways than one. <laughs> so, Thank you. <laughs> but the one thing I remember there is they also teach you how to avoid traps because typically the kind of training these guys do when they go, let's say they're taking on, you know, the Naxals and Dantevara, there they lay a lot of traps. You know, suddenly a ball of corn will come and hit you. So how to avoid traps and also how to lay traps. And they had a lot of these really lethal looking traps that they showed of the dead man's fall and the whatever, the ball of thorns and stuff. And then they also have this one training area where there is water that splashes around, but it's red in color. And no, 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 no. Let's, let's talk about the traps here. Yeah? How can you get over the traps? They're so fantastic because everything that you've seen in a movie, including the trap where you put your foot in, then suddenly you get hung upside down from the tree. That can be made. The trap where you walk and then suddenly spikes come out of a tree and impale you. That can be made. There's traps which sort of, you know, just go crazy. And then, of course, they showed us snipers or... You know, remember, these are very, very thick forests in places like Mizoram. So, there are forest trails and people can only walk on those trails. If you're going to walk into the forest, and a lot of naive people ask me, they say, why can't you just walk through the forest and not walk on the trail? Because the forest is so thick that you can't take one step into it. There's a hundred plants growing there. You can't even put your hand inside in some places. The forest is that thick. There are ten kinds of thorns, five kinds of plants, six kinds of shoots and, you know, vines growing over there. So it's impossible. So when you're walking there and we were walking and I remember we were getting ready for the shot and we walked that patch and this guy told us about the traps and you know how to attack the enemy without sort of the enemy knowing. And then when we started shooting as we were walking, suddenly these four guys jumped up from around us who were completely yeah, camouflaged there. Yeah. You couldn't even tell they were there. Yeah, and they jumped up screaming. So <laughs> I've never squealed like that in my life. Mayur and I both hugged each other and we cried and we squealed like little piggies. Mayur, do you remember your cry? Your war cry? That's pretty vegetarian war cry. Very curdled. No. curdled Listen, these are people that go into the Paneer. forest and eat everything and they have guns. Yeah. Right. My cry was something like, Oh, <laughs> But it's very serious training, you know, the fun and game, the side and you know, one of the things that we learned there and, and uh, it's unfortunate that 
this is how it happens and you know for whatever reason they said they have several trainers there and the trainers told us that you know when the people from the indian army come then you you train them how to survive in the forest but he says the problem is when people from you know various state polices send their forces or send someone from maybe the crpf or he says some of the people who come there from the police force they come for like 4 weeks 6 weeks he says when an army guy comes i know this guy can run 60 kilometers without stopping that is the starting point for survival he says some of the police guys who come their tones are so big that <laughs> I, in in 4 weeks i'm just going to up, you know i can just about teach them how to run 30 kilometers so we don't even get to the stage of surviving in the wild that is why there's no point coming here for a 6 week course unless you have the fitness of like you know a cadet or some of the jawans that they come there uh so it, it's it's really tough man and and hats off to the guys who do this like day in and day out and living up there it must be hard yeah it, it was very hard in fact i remember some police guy had caught a bird and he was threatening it and saying tell all the birds to bring their food for us this evening otherwise you're going to be in trouble <laughs> so all the birds brought dinner for them at night i remember that <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> not to rain on the police parade but yeah basically what we understood from the military trainers was that the cops aren't exactly the best fitness to send them into the forest to fight anyone because they're not equipped to fight anyone but now let's get back to the other training you know what with the shooting so there they sh- there's water everywhere and it's red in color and they said that is so that when these guys are actually in a situation and there's blood splashing everywhere it should not kind of make them disconcerted ki are ye kya ho raha hai so at the training stage every liquid that splashes whether it's water is 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 red in color so that was another thing that we learned while you were there yeah it was scary i mean you got to remember these guys are highly trained very very capable individuals and they still need to play all these mind games but the fact that while they're training in the field all around them is life fire so you've got to consider that keep that in mind you know one mistake on anybody's part any lack of attention on part of either the guy who's shooting or the guys who are training or the guys who's controlling the training anybody goes wrong the consequences are unthinkable so this should give you an idea there are bullets being fired which are hitting the ground and splashing people with red dark red you know thick water and that's how close they come to live fire every day in the training so this is not a joke this is really serious training hang on what was this the place where where they had those grooves cut into the ground and then we were in, we were watching and they were all moved. there were like eight of them in a square and then they were all firing at different angles without right. this they go in formation that's right so this is the place where we did the sequence where we pretended to enter a house and rocky and i was supposed to storm the house yes and then we pretended to drop a grenade and then ran off in opposite directions yeah yes. that's the one <laughs> now coming to the mess rocky you didn't eat at the mess but what was your food that we sent you at the hospital like was it nice no it was horrible they didn't let me eat anything not even the beer that we smuggled they said <laughs> you just eat uh, the hospital food because that's all you can have that was terrible it was traumatic there was a lady doctor there and rocky kept trying to wheedle her into like at least giving her permission to have some beer Yes, like no. But meanwhile, Mayur and I were in the mess because after a really hard day of training, they said in the evening you come to the mess, we'll have a drink, and then we'll have dinner there. And that's something I really like about the forces. That bloody you work hard, you are drained, you are like completely spent, and then you have a nice cold dinner. And all these guys who had that you know that camouflage paint on them and stuff, they are scrubbed clean with the tuck shirts tucked in. They're looking absolutely dapper. and then they are laughing and joking and 
telling you all sorts of interesting stories about the many adventures they've had. <laughs> they were, some of them were so young, man. I was like blown away. In fact, very often you can't even recognize them in the evening. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, I can't they, they, they look that. so different. <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah, I mean, it's like during the day they look like predators. Yeah, I mean, some of them yeah. are scary. You know, the, their eyes and the even the expressions change you. in the evening. They're much yeah. gentler. They're you know sort yeah. of. It's it's a, they're just a different person. It's a different personality. Yeah, it's that's what that's what I keep telling people. You know, you, when you look at Mayur and me in a normal state, you know, we're very sweet and friendly. But if you come across us in the line for buffet and you come in front of us and you look at our eyes, <laughs> a shiver will run down your spine. You won't be able to move. <laughs> You won't be able to move because we will have trampled over you on the way to the buffet table. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> but Rocky, the next day you were sitting with some of those soldiers and cleaning the guns with them. So what was that like? Did they teach you how to take it apart and put it back together? Like, you know, that they said that you have to be able to in the dark. And that's another training they have. You have to be able to put it together, whatever, in 24 seconds. I don't know. I don't even remember. Yeah, their, their qualifying time is... They assemble the yeah. assault rifle and put it together because I think the spring heats or whatever. And I think Rocky was trying out in the morning with them while they were cleaning. Yeah, so I mean, I had free time and you know, all night I was doing nothing. So I was really bored in the morning. So I got hold of these guys and they said, come, we'll teach you how to assemble, or reassemble a weapon after cleaning it. You get a, you know, you got a lot of weapons jams and stuff like that in these sort of forest environments. You have to clean your weapon regularly. So they made me practice it about 40 or 50 times. And then they put a blindfold on me and they said, now take the whole gun apart, put the points, put the pieces down in the order you've been taught. And then clean the barrel and wipe the gun down and then put the pieces back without looking at anything. And that was really difficult. I mean, of course, I practiced it like 50, 60 times. So it was a lot easier than you would think. But it was it was very hard to do it blindfolded. I think I managed it in about one and a half minutes and they were doing it in less than 30 seconds. But I mean, you can't compare. That's Rocky's version. The actual thing, when they put the blindfold on him, he says, Acha lagadi tang, kaun hai den? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I can tell you this, that you guys might have seen the dangerous side of these boys. But when they took me out the next morning, you know, we had a beautiful setup where there were these dummies at the bottom of a gradual hill. And you had to run down with your bayonets and stick the bayonet in the chest of the dummy while shrieking your war cry to girdle the blood of the dummy. And of course, I and my excitement with the bayonet sticking went down faster than anyone else. And before I could hit the dummy, I tripped and broke my ankle. <laughs> And they were all laughing at me for half an hour because they were like, Sir, Pelipari, they said that the dummy has defeated one of the men. <laughs> <laughs> we have seen many men defeating the dummy, but the first time dummy has defeated man. <laughs> so that was Varangte. And, uh... and, and, and that I might just add, that is how I knew that the snake was highly poisonous because that poison was running in my blood the next day. That's why I fell down. Otherwise, I'm infallible. You just spat at the dummy when you ran past and the venom in your spittle, thanks to the snake, the dummy went up in flames. <laughs> but that was, Rocky's ankle wasn't actually broken, that he just sprained it. He actually fractured it that same evening, but yeah. how we will tell you in the newsletter. And we shall also send you photographs, which is why the episodes after that, Rocky was on a wheelchair and Mayur was wheeling him around. It was, I think, the first time we had like a two anchor setup where one anchor was wheeling the other anchor, uh, other anchor around. <laughs> so after Varangti, we went to Meghalaya. And Meghalaya, Rocky, Mayur, Prashant, we've been there so many times in the last few years. I, I, I think we've seen Shillong deteriorate in the last 15 years from being this pristine, uncluttered place to traffic jams. By the way, before I get my geography wrong, and Cherapunji is in Meghalaya, right? Yes. Yes, yeah. it is. Because I remember that, that drive was so beautiful until we got there. So 
let me first go to prashant the our first trip to shillong prashant what do you remember my first trip to shillong is yet to happen <laughs> i have never been to the northeast i mean that is the one big hole in my travel no i have not yeah. and i can't i can't i can't really <laughs> i i can't tell you how how sad i am about that because that's such a huge area that i've missed out lovely man so, so much food you have the, the abode of the clouds meghalaya when you enter it and you start approaching shillong when you know you on the way you come across this beautiful big lake called bada pani and as you cross it the clouds gather overhead to let you know that you've reached the abode of the clouds and then you're in the cloud man what a beautiful state it is though isn't it sure It's yeah just, yeah man and prashant don't worry about it you haven't been to the northeast so just listen to the home podcasts we'll take you to every state <laughs> and give you behind the scenes stories also for example we can tell you the first time we went from uh, from guwahati to uh, shillong we got stuck in one of the mother of all traffic jams yes and on our side it wasn't so bad it was the opposite side where all the trucks were bringing the stuff from meghalaya mm. uh, into assam where it was a mess but it still took us a long time we got there late at night the first time and in our several years there each time because they were basically widening that road all the way up past shillong also it's been completed now it's been complete uh, well yeah. i'm glad now people are zipping up and down because all through the time when it was being constructed every year we were encountering those traffic jams mm-hmm. but it is a wonderful drive from the point of view of the kind of you know scenery you see and the mountains and the lush green bits but mayur tell us about the first trip yeah what did we eat in meghalaya in my head they are mesh like one not which i can't tell one from the other sabse pehle when we went there on the way and this now rocky and i made a habit out of it we always stop is when you're driving from guwahati to shillong as you get into uh, meghalaya on the left side on the highway you have all these temporary little shacks with these ladies and they've got like all these pickles lined up the the bujalokia pickle and bamboo oh, yeah, shoot yeah, pickle yeah. and stuff and they give you fresh pineapple from the forest sliced with red chilies on it yes and, wow. and then you and you eat that man and right. that so is good. That's so good yeah that's yeah yeah in, in fact when you when you get out from guwahati and you start driving towards uh, shillong The first place we always stopped at traditionally, and we still do, is yes. Nongpo. Mayu, don't you remember Nongpo? Nongpo. Yeah, Nongpo is like you know, it's, uh, it's about forty-five, fifty kilometers from uh, from uh, Shillong, as far as I remember, and that's about an hour and a half to our drive in the hills. What did and we do? Huh? Nongpo is that place, yeah, where the ducks were. Don't you remember? Oh, right, right, yes, yes. A nice restaurant with with uh, really right. nice uh, vegetables and dal and. Momos and we were hanging around. A lot of kids running around. These yes. beautiful ducks in the water. Very fancy place. That's also grown over the years. I mean, the last time we went there, it had a like staircase going up. Yeah. Yeah. First time we went, there was a young lady who was making momos and thukpa and you know just basic food and serving us in a very very basic restaurant. And the last time we went there, which is about seven years ago, the first time we went there was about fourteen years ago. it had become a really nice big restaurant like with lots of parking and stuff so yeah that place yeah. really changed yeah we stopped there several times and they it's have like a highway stop is it ha huh, that's like the midway between uh, guwahati airport and uh, shillong it's yeah it's where everybody stops and then you come to the two lakes which is the bada pani and chhota pani which the first time of course it was so dark you couldn't see jack but then ever since we've seen several i, I wonder if that is Now Shillong must have extended all the way up to there, right? I'm sure you can't separate Bada Pani, Chota Pani from Shillong. No, no, no. 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 No,
we'd already heard about the music and stuff so we were looking for like a, a cafe or a venue where we could go to where we could eat and then enjoy that culture but before that we went to a very small stall it was run by a mother and a daughter and we went to a jado stall that was yes. the first time we tried uh, jado they also had some special rice red rice or something right jado's rice right that's jado. jado yeah so so you get uh, either you get jado jado is basically rice which is made with the pig's blood and different organ meat so when they cook it instead of cooking it with water they cook it with pig's blood and different organ meat and that's why jado has the sort of taste that it has and it's very hearty and it'll keep you full and you know ready to go and party or they have jastiam jastiam is rice with turmeric is it yeah yeah so jastiam is you know they have beautiful ginger and turmeric in that area which is i mean the things that they really have which are brilliant in that region first of all let's just talk about the ingredients is the turmeric is extraordinary the cinnamon is out of the world they have some some of the finest cinnamon i have in india i've had the pineapples are wonderful and um, uh, of course the the betel nut here the and betel nut is everywhere and there's like the they, there's just so much of pork man wherever you see there are pigs being carried around there's just so much of pork there man but the yeah, turmeric yeah. turmeric is by far the most uh, the yeah. most wonderful in fact it's it's the i mean the highest concentration of curcumin that you find in any turmeric in the world is in the meghalaya turmeric is it because of rainfall i'm not sure i think it's hawa pani hawa pani ah hawa pani and if you know if you go hawa pani se yaad aaye if you go to cherapunji and i've been there it's beautiful first you pass all these wonderful hill tops which sort of make a bowl with seven waterfalls falling in and of course it doesn't happen during the dry season but come the rainy season there's so much rain over there i mean there is it's the rainiest place in the world there's more than i think 13 1400 uh, millimeters of rain if i remember correctly which is quite ridiculous i mean that amount of rain is mad and when you uh, sort of get up there the first thing that you see while coming to cherapunji is that all these waterfalls have come alive here. so there's beautiful uh, visuals so if you ever decide to go to meghalaya go down there in the rainy season if you have the guts here. because that is just that is just a sight to behold and then when you get to cherapunji as you walk off you realize it when you step off the road the entire ground is soft like a sponge and if you stand anywhere for more than 10 seconds the water just comes out of the ground and surrounds your foot i mean it's almost like you're sinking into the ground and water is coming out it was just unique and there they have these big uh, big things which are full of uh, betel nut where they where they ferment where they prepare that betel nut for selling why they call it kwai but even kwai. but even during the dry season it's really nice but shillong the one thing that really struck me about shillong was a that place which had that pastry kind of stuff and the bands yeah you know you have for a shillong is like a small town it is a small town right now for a town yeah. that small the amount of place at least back then that you had that have bands playing that have really good music really trendy places serving good food just chillax kind of joints is amazing and it, what what i was told was that you pick up a person at random on the streets of shillong and tell them to sing they will be pitch perfect i mean that is the and i think it was a shillong choir that one that in, india's got talent or something right oh the aro yeah they did but and and we went in short there's the shillong choir there is also the aroha choir the aroha is the other one that's run by our friend pauline wajri pauline is just the most wonderful talented musician who who also sort of uh, she's the elder sister of the gentleman who runs the shillong, shillong choir. choir and she is just brilliant and you know there's just some beautiful music coming out of shillong I mean they've always been very musical you know the the three big tribes of Meghalaya are the Jantias the 
the khasi the garo and the jaintias garo and the jaintias yeah the khasi and the jaintias and the garos and these are the largest number and there are many other tribes but these guys are so musical and it's so beautiful to just sort of go anywhere and music is such an important part of everybody's life so you know especially around shillong and all when you go to any any house or any cluster in the evening or during the early morning you can hear some sort of music playing and it's wonderful to be there you know what was the place where that gentleman with the white beard was playing a song he had these rock and roll kind of posters in his joint and we had like those rolls and pastries there i think that was called the matter of taste cafe they had an open mic night that was on the first trip i think that we went yeah it was like a cafe with the, with burgers and sandwiches and stuff i mean the food was just okay hmm. but that whole vibe it was like done out like a modern cafe and then they had open mic nights they had live music we weren't there when uh, uh, they had the live music but i did remember it was one of the first very few times on highway on my plate where we actually went out and we went to a club for a little while just to see what the thing was and we shot a little bit there i want to say we either shot the food court or in the nightclub that's right it had all this fancy lights happening yeah it was very it was nice and, and they also had a uh, it was also art they were selling art they had like a art gallery on the walls had artist uh, paintings by local artists yeah so it was very cool it was sort of a cultural hotspot you know with like music and live music acts and art and decent food nice coffee good place to hang out lot of young people lot of older people and that's what strikes you most about uh, shillong when you get there it's not just the young people who are out having a good time everybody is out partying in the evening yeah. so good one of my favorite place in shillong where we stayed was you know we stayed at this really quaint hotel it was like his big bungalow they had made into a hotel where yeah. each had a different theme it was run by a german man and an indian wife for german wife for the indian guy right what what yeah. was called that was much later that was the uh, that was the show we went there to like either have the spiciest something or the, uh, the yeah, so that, that was a much, that was a much more recent trip which is why we can't remember it short term yeah. memory loss long term ask us about anything no problem you are not so, used to posh places you see yeah, yeah. that's that's that's, that's <laughs> but yeah you've listed something called the delhi mishthan bhandar in shillong i have no recollection of this what did we eat at delhi baat kar rahe yaar we went there and they had like it was like a proper mithai shop they had hot samosas and kachoris and jalebis and then rocky had a conversation and they it turned out to own the house or they were living in the house they owned the house where rocky's uh, grandfather or grand uncle used to be when he was in charge of that whole area in the army no no my grandfather you know my grandfather spent yeah. uh, a number of number and number 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 of years i mean lots of years in assam and he would summer in shillong and through the rest of the year he would be in assam in tezpur and he had a beautiful home in shillong i think it was called the badubani house if i'm not wrong but i mean i could be wrong i was just wrong about the cherapunji thing i was thinking hard about it and i was like 1400 meters doesn't sound or millimeters doesn't sound right and now i remember it's 11400 millimeters that's how much it rains mm. which is which is about 450 odd inches of rain which is about 40 feet of rain <laughs> think about it think about it <laughs> i mean 48 inches is uh, is 4 feet where's my swimming goggles and flippers yeah there you go yeah. so my grandfather when he left that area and he left shillong and tezpur and he retired and he came away from there back to punjab he sold his house and the gentleman who bought the house was the gentleman who owns the delhi mishthan bhandar and he told me he said your grandfather was a fantastic guy that when we bought the house from him and he left he gave us the present as a present he left his cadillac behind for us so i was like yeah grandfather big man don't lie you said give it back but nikku i'm surprised you don't remember it yeah i said wo galti se reh gayi thi uske paise lene the baad mein aage that's why mere uski abhi value 6 crore 35 lakh hai bas aap 
चार दे दो चलेगा चार करोड़ ठीक है स्पेशल डिस्काउंट बिकॉज आई लाइक I was trying to get free jalebi for that much, yeah, but even that we had to pay for. <laughs> yeah, but it was really good. Nico, you don't remember it? Ajay made them like take the same shot of handing out samosas and kachoris about seventeen times because it was a very narrow space and people either kept bumping or going in front of him. He was like, by the end of it, the guy wanted to throw the samosas at Ajay. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like Ajay. So uh, the other thing about Meghalaya is you know other than the nightclubs and these you know trendy hotspots. Uh, what I really liked, at least the first few times you went there, was that road that bisects the golf course, right? Yeah, that is really yeah. cool. <laughs> so basically, there's a golf course there, and one of the holes you have to tee off from one place, and then you the road that is, and then the rest of the course is on that side. So I always used to wonder that is some hapless person going on a scooter or motorcycle, and some <laughs> golfer goes pata. I'm sure it's happened. That's a foggy golf course. It's a golf course, and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure if it is or not. But yeah, you know, my cousin was posted there, so I used to go play golf with him. But traditionally, and this is always the case, even when I was a little boy, and you know, used to go there for in the summer sometimes. I remember that there used to be these archery contests on the golf course lawns because the grass was clean and green and open. So on Sundays, hundreds of people used to gather for these archery competitions where they have a small target. and then people have their own different colored arrows and they stand back and there's a competition and they keep firing these arrows at these small targets till the arrow looks like a porcupine yeah, with like hundreds of arrows in it and uh, it was so much fun and that game is still well and alive right now i mean it's a great source of entertainment and i think betting for the local people yeah, yeah they do a lot of betting lot of betting on that we yeah. weren't able to find it though because i think it was sunday ko hoti and we were not yeah, yeah. We were it's on, it's on no, sunday though sunday. i've seen it i've seen it happen all the time because but we've done some archery on one of our shows where was that on that in East... ladakh ladakh that was that was, yeah. that was different another play, this golf course thing was when we were on our way to eat at uh, this that merin's place for chinese food because remember in meghalaya After their Khasi food or Jente food or this, they love their Chinese food. Do you remember Nikko? Nikko is looking yeah. very blank. We went to that no, very I, narrow. I remember. I also remember because I was getting annoyed because of traffic jam. Yes. Yes. We were losing light. Yes. That's the place. Isn't Polo also big in Meghalaya? I thought Polo was also, or I'm mixing it's, it with Ladakh. No, no. It's called the Polo Bazaar, but I don't know why it's called the Polo I Bazaar. Say Polo. Yeah, but I remember that Chinese food was pretty good, man. Yeah. No, the big market in uh, Shillong is the Bada Bazaar. Polo ground archery happens in polo grounds or polo polo grounds. I think it's yeah, I think it's called the polo ground, but no polo is played there. Yeah, so there, I remember the Chinese food sequence. I really enjoyed the Chinese food sequence. But where did we eat Khasi food? There was it on the same trip or was that on, on the earlier one? We had it on two or three trips. So the first time we had it in the at the Jado stall where uh, you know we had that the turmeric rice. Uh, Rocky had the Jado. Uh, then we had that. Every time we be eating there, they do that beautiful. Uh, uh, I love how I'm saying beautiful, but pork with dark sesame seed. Yeah, you get that almost black look. The same like Naga food. You have the Dosniang and the Dokliye. You know, they they love their fermented pickled flavors. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit like it's like a rack of you know pork ribs, but that's amazing. And that is made in pretty much every place you go to. It's big pretty, over there. Pretty much every yeah, restaurant. Yeah, every Jado stall we went to was three, four trips that we went. They're always packed here. Was a perfect like people finish work or this and they come in there and they get their big bowl and they're helping of meat and rice and vegetables and boom then they gone there. Yeah. I I just I just want to talk about the other place we went to was you know uh, we had this series of fan, highway on my plate fans where a couple of our fans took us to this other place to eat and there Kudoi was really Khasi. good food. Yeah. Right. 
so so the place that we had gone and we were having that uh, black sesame thing that was donia which is a pork dish with black sesame paste and uh, the, uh, uh, sorry the black sesame seeds are called the donia and the pork dish they make with it is called dokle i don't know if you remember that yeah so and then you know they had this putharo rice which was uh, just a little sour in like sort of pancakes and then you had uh, the pudo which is rice rice cakes which are stuffed with pork inside them and then we were drinking that khyat 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 i think is a fermented yeah. drink which is made with rice and then uh, i mean there's so much food there of course once you get once you got down to the really small stall the kirsoi khasi food stall it was called yeah they had the, yeah they had that dokliye masi which was the mixed beef and onions and the doshyang which is the beef cutlet and then the tungtap how can you forget the tungtap yeah mayur come on we tungtap. had so much fun with that yeah. the fish tungtap. chutney and the doshniye of course is the pig's uh, intestine and then jado the the rice that's cooked with pork blood and fat and meat and everything yeah. and then and mayur got some nice dal mayur i remember you having the dal yeah. well is nikul do you remember this we this lady and there was a young boy whose name we could his name was lelwin lel lel so ंग one of the things in this part most part of the north <laughs> is the sun comes up very early and the sun sets very early it should actually be a different time zone but the one thing that about meghalaya is that it doesn't seem as you know remote as arunachal or nagaland when you're like driving through there you feel that dude you're really far away from anywhere meghalaya you always feel that you're within like city you know you don't get that away feeling that you get in nagaland or arunachal even when you're driving from city to city yeah maybe it's something to do with the fact that you know guwahati is so close by and you just land and within two and a half three hours you're up there uh, but but shillong does have a very warm welcoming air about it also yeah. i mean i really enjoy shillong it's there's a beautiful butterfly museum there that we didn't cover but if any of you ever go to shillong go to the butterfly museum uh, it's an insect museum and it has got some beautiful insects from all parts of india of course the northeast has the most beautiful insects which are like emerald green and powder blue and ruby red and bright yellow and purple and all kinds of different insects that you'll be very surprised at seeing or eating kidon ki mehfil mein wahan raja rani sab hazir hote hain sab hazir hai did you come across black rice also yeah, yeah, yeah but manipur yeah. that's manipur more in manipur oh, but you manipur. get it in some places in meghalaya manipur and nagaland uh, the places that are like really uh, big for the black rice and where do they cook in stoneware is it again manipur or is it in meghalaya I don't think it's I don't think it's Meghalaya. No, I don't think Good it's point. Meghalaya. We didn't encounter it in Meghalaya. Maybe it is. We, yeah, we 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 didn't uh, we didn't see it. But while we while we what Rocky was saying about the welcoming thing, look at how nice it was when we went to shoot the Christmas. First, we got invited to Pauline Barjari's house, and then we had her whole all those young kids, the choir, perform for us. Then in turn, we sang Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer for them in the spirit of Christmas. Ah. Then we learned. the about the whole tradition of the bam khana where the whole community gets together during christmas and then everybody contributes with food and things and then in the spirit of that are you forgetting what we did for christmas we dressed up as santa claus and went to the orphanage and distributed all those presents to the kids but you guys we make the perfect santas yeah you have the size was daadi lagani thi and we just had to suck in our bellies a little bit and we were bang on santa claus <laughs> you'd be an overweight santa come on <laughs> इतना भी नहीं है यार रॉकी तू तू फिट है यार फिट सेंटर है यार संता 
Santa Claus. <laughs> Along with his friend Banta Claus. <laughs> Santa and Banta Claus celebrated Christmas there. Yeah, but Christmas is Christmas is the big sort of festival yeah, over there. Huge over there. You know, weeks before people walk around uh, singing uh, singing uh, Christmas carols and. I mean, there's a lovely spirit of, you know, there's a strong sense of community. These The tribes that live in these areas are very close. And of course, they celebrate their festivals so well. So, you know, people get together at people's homes. Everybody brings something to eat. They have magnificent meals. Even on, the street, yeah. Even on the streets, there's just feeling of jovialness all around. Happiness, yeah. We were shooting at night. Remember how beautiful everything is lit up and there's lots of colors and lights. And this is lovely. Hey, hey, hey. All those lovely people opened their house to us after yes, we yes. did yeah. after we did our good deeds and went to the orphanage and distributed toys and gifts and sweets and all to all those kids. We then went to the home of a family where the lady of the house taught us how to make the traditional Christmas cake with the with the currants and stuff. We had like a little bit to eat with them. And then finally we ended up at the home of, of someone who is now a friend of Rocky's and mine, Daniel CM. Remember the designer? We had that party in their house and we hung out with all those people around the bonfire. It was like you'd known them forever. Every place you went to, you were, they were like, yeah, come join in. And then suddenly you were part of it. We made ourselves welcome. We stayed there for quite a while. We did our food court, then hung out there. And Rocky and I now see him every time we go back. So it's been it's been awesome. That's yeah, unique yeah. these hill places, you know, because they're small. The sense of community and welcoming into your homes yeah. is very easy there. It's not it's not forced or it's not hard. Yeah, but but Daniel Siem is a really wonderful guy. Anyway, I mean, he's a brilliant designer. He's a brilliant young designer, and he's going to he's made a great name for himself. And if any of you from uh, Shillong are watching this, please give lots of love to Daniel and tell him that I'm still waiting in Delhi for him to come and say hello, and Mayur is still waiting in Goa for him to say hello. So we don't know when he's going to be here. But anyway, that's a shout out for him. Yeah, yeah. And Prashant, the stoneware thing happens in Meghalaya also. I mean, I don't know if it happens in Nagaland. Mm. But I know it happens in Meghalaya. They cook uh, with stoneware. And it's quite wonderful to to sort of eat the meats that are cooked in these stones. Because yeah. they're super heated, the vessels. And there's something very wonderfully gentle about cooking in stone. I mean, nothing gets burnt. And, and they're naturally non-stick. So. Yeah, they're naturally non-stick. And nothing... You can't burn anything in that in that thing here. So the right. flavors get really beautifully amalgamated. So they do it there also. Other than cooking in stone, when we went up to Cherapunji, we cooked on rocks which overlooked Bangladesh. So it's this really beautiful place we stayed at. So on one side is this cliff and there's this like huge drop. And in the distance, you see the valley and you see the civilization there. There's a town or whatever. And that is actually Bangladesh. It's right on the border. And if you're not careful with your mobile phone, and you don't put it off international roaming, it can catch network from that side. Then each call that you think you're making locally, you actually make an international <laughs> call. So you got to be careful. And there we had, of course, it's beautiful. We look, uh, The newsletter will have photographs. In fact, if you want to subscribe to the newsletter with photographs of the places we've been to and some stories, write to homp2020 at gmail.com. I repeat, homp2020 at gmail.com. Or you can also just click on the link wherever you listen to this podcast. There's a link there and that link will take you to the form which you fill in. You will have subscribed to our newsletter. So what did we cook there, Rocky? Because I remember we set up quite an elaborate sequence there. Whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did we cook? We cooked something absolutely amazing. And before we tell you what it is, I remember the immortal words that didn't quite make it to the show. We were cooking with something that smelled so incredible that Nico was like, explain the smell. And I was like, there is no way I can explain it to you without being very rude to the local culture. So we asked the local guy who was helping us. We said, look, we are not here. So if we say something, people will mind. But you're a local. 
why don't you explain to us what this smells like? And he said, uh, my uncle told me once, you know, a long time ago, I, my father told me once that if, you know, in the summer when you're driving in the plains, sometimes you see dead animal on the side of the road, no? If all of us get together and we do one shit on the dead animals, that is what this smells like. <laughs> 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 I said, I think we leave that on the edit table. We will not put this on it. Yeah, that was it. Was uh, uh, so we went there. Yeah, for that episode of the smelliest thing was Tugrimbai, which is called Akhuni in Nagaland. I mean, all of the northeast they basically use this fermented soybean paste. So you boil soybean, you leave it to ferment, wrapped in various leaves, and then you put a charcoal on top. You smoke it, you dehydrate it, and then when you open that baby, when you unwrap that leaf, you remember everybody ran away. Yeah. I the but I remember there was something else there that was cooked that was really nice, which Rocky really liked. It was a meat dish. What else did we cook there? No, no, we, we did. But I mean, just to finish this point, when we were standing, you guys were standing about 50 meters away. That's about 150 feet away from us. And we opened the packet and everybody turned around instantly and they were like, what is that stink? Yeah, what is that stench? And we were like, yeah, baby, this <laughs> the room by. So, if you haven't eaten the Tungrumbai, put it on your list. Please make it a point to eat it. And once it's cooked, it tastes really well. So, we we, we cooked with it. We made some, uh, I think we made some pork with it. Yeah, because you really liked it. I remember you really recommended. You were telling me to eat it and you convinced me to have a bite. It was quite tasty. Yeah. 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 And yes. then we, we made a chutney with it. And then we had, uh, I think there was a chicken that they cooked, which was done uh, Khasi style. With the and black without, sesame paste. Without the Tungrumbai. Yes. That was really good also. And Mayo, they'd made a they'd made a green sabzi, a broth, and then they'd flavored with this turumba and there was rice. And I had like one bite and then I couldn't eat here because you know, I've eaten it. The akuni I've, I've had in one vegetarian dish I can't remember, it just gave this nice smoky flavor. But this stuff on that broth with the leaves and stuff still smoking, that taste, oh lord, no. Too intense. It's too, too intense. intense. Yeah. I mean, it's too, too intense too. for anyone. I, I could eat the uh, I could eat the pork that they'd made with it because that was, you know, it, it fits in well. It sort of loses its potency. But the chutney that made, made, oh my God, I Oof. couldn't even start with that. Yeah, I was like, boss. No, what does yeah. it taste like? I mean, describe the taste. It's so what? if, you know, in the plains when an, animal is dead, <laughs> when an animal is dead for seven, eight days, that smell, and then if all of us take a shit on that, but then we, we take used a, to that. We've traveled we, with Mayur, you guys forget. Then we take a, yeah. <laughs> but then you pick up a piece and put it in your mouth. That is what it tastes like. <laughs> Oh, Lord. We've actually gone two or three podcasts without any potty humor, but I'm glad we're, we're, uh, we're back to that. But Niku, you know, you've not done justice to the evening, that night, huh. when we were standing on the cliff, because it was really dark there, because there's, there's not, I mean, we at the end of like a, almost what looks like an abandoned road, and the sky was completely dark, and I remember, I think, I don't know if it's Silet, it was one of the bigger uh, cities of Bangladesh. And it was like literally seeing the reflection. Upad, there were stars. And Nietzsche, yeah. there was just these lights from I, far away. It looked like a lot of the stars were being reflected on the ground. It's one of the most beautiful uh, evening sights we've seen on Highway on My Plate. You know, in fact, no, when we were shooting that, it wasn't for Homp. I think it was for the other one. Uh, the, LF, for smoky food. Uh, yeah, uh, for uh, smelly food. Smelly, smelly food. And... But I will say this, you know, I, I remember that moment. You were just standing there on the cliff. And I think Rocky had carried a nice single malt with him, which I must have mixed pork with or something. But just that moment, I remember, it was so cool. And the thing is, why I feel blessed to have traveled all over with you guys. A lot of places, it was not the place. Maybe there wasn't so much to do. Like, you wouldn't travel all that place, all that distance, just for a moment. But purely because of the kind of places you went to, there were just these moments that were magical. 
and it yeah. would be difficult in regular life to say you know let's go there just for that half an hour moment you you wouldn't do that but that that particular moment was one of them it was stunning it was amazing no it was, Ooh, it was baby i love you too <laughs> it was beautiful because there was you know the electricity had failed in the whole town there was no electricity it was absolutely dark where we were standing and it was beautiful stormy night and little sort of coolness in the air and when you look down far away we could see the city in bangladesh near the river that was all lit up and uh, it was such a great uh, visual layer i mean it, it just sort of sticks in the head you know this is one of those things that you'll never forget in your whole life and again at this place also we were the only ones there so clearly this is a place yeah. that doesn't attract many tourists like they had five cottages and it was just us there was no one else there were no other guests in that in entire place yeah we were also there at the wrong season yeah i mean we were there uh, predictably in peak summer i think we were there in yeah. like may or june may in end of may there was absolutely nothing happening there there was nobody and no one and because the people come there to see the rain in cherapunji the 11400 mm of rain or 40 feet of it yeah um, you know i'll tell you guys to get ready with your food coats uh, we shall say goodbye i have a few announcements to make such as please give this podcast a high rating if you like it because then it makes it more likely for others to find us also you can write us a favorable review that helps too and why we would like more people to find this podcast is that until you can get to the highway we will bring the highway to you through this and build a community of enthusiastic avid travelers explorers adventurers and foodies so that when the lockdown ends when we have defeated covid we will get rocky mayur and prashant back on the highway to put out the mother of all shows rocky and mayur ride again and that we shall all do together and we have some plans of how we will structure this so that we can also interact with as many of you as possible in that drive around india so do write into homp2020 at gmail.com or click on the link and subscribe to the newsletter now uh, we don't have that much time now to tell you about the other three day shoot in meghalaya which is the eastern air command kehte hain kya kehte hain esc yes, eastern air command which is where rocky uh, uh, shot the whole uh, episode from a wheelchair wrapped in a plastic bag because it was raining so we had to be careful so you can re- read about the eastern air command and the photographs in our newsletter because we can't we don't have enough time to put it into this podcast but that was another that's i'm guessing that's the one of the four main air force stations of our country right yeah that's the eastern i mean that's the eastern air command for all of east of india the air command is centered out of shillong they have a wonderful airport and they have a beautiful station there with absolutely fantastic uh, uh, you know sort of facilities and it's it's a wonderful place to be and it has one of the cottages the president has certain cottages as his holiday cottages around the country there's one in uh, mashobra uh, there's one somewhere else and one of the president's cottages where he it's his official cottage for holidays is in this facility right next to a lake and my god president ban jao main to wahi rahunga yaar tere ko president banayega god sign jo marzi karwa lo yaar ha to if If you if you become the president, we'll get chilled beer and we'll hang out at the cottage with you. हाँ, वैसे ही करेंगे। फिर हम बोलेंगे राष्ट्रपति भवन नहीं आना। मुझे मेरे मिठाले वाले कॉटेज में मैं करूँगा। फाइल भेज देना, साइन करके भेज दूँगा। Lovely, yeah. What a good idea. Yeah, president बन जाए यार। कितने बजे आएगी आपको? Can you imagine? कितने बजे आएंगे? बस, that's the plan. But uh, let us say goodbye. Thank you for joining us on this podcast. We shall be back. I'd say, shall we commit Maharashtra? That's one mother of a state which has the most amazing bloody journeys we've done. So we shall be back with Maharashtra, but not before we give you food coat. Playing Santa at the orphanage was our way of giving back. But the taste of that turumbai 
we just couldn't hack mare hue bhaise ki humne aankh phod di aur rocky ne varante mein apni taang tod di what the rainfall in charapunji is magnificently high every year but if you ever get down to cijws they will train you like they train us not to have any fear ya ye mayur hai kya sachi to kya what about mayur charapunji rains charapunji rains a lot every year if you come to cijws they no, train you like us I not have not spoken have much. Fear. I have not spoken much, but I must speak up now. Rocky, <laughs> terrible. तुम लोग तुम लोग आज शाम से शुरू से मेरे शुरू से मेरे against हो. The snake was. I never got bitten. My leg was not broken. These are all stories that you made up, and now in the end, you're trying to trash my food court. I know your game these days. Niku, Niku, if you become president, I'm not bringing the bear to the cottage. The hell with you. <laughs> Just <laughs> coming to the cottage. He's just not bringing the beer. Ah, I'm still coming there, of course. <laughs> so to know more about that cottage and the Eastern Air Command, do subscribe to our newsletter. Until then, do if you can help it. Get involved with any organizations, neighborhood schemes, or outfits in your city around your area that are feeding those in need in these terrible times. Whether they're migrants on the move or whether they're people who are out of job and out of food, if you can help it and contribute in any way, do get involved in your city. so that no one in our country should starve when there's so many who have so much on that note good boys say good night good night good night all of you great chatting we we'll catch you again soon good night sleep tight don't let those snakes bite <laughs> very good very Liars. good so poetic no respect no respect for no respect for poetry none of you have respect for poetry all the news laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform please subscribe to news laundry Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.